Welcome to the Global Governance Perspective, a podcast presented by the Global Governance Institution. I'm retired Captain Andy Tian, the founder and president of the Global Governance Institution. With coronavirus, especially the Omicron variant, at the moment still surging around the world, the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. Will still go ahead as scheduled. In addition to the pandemic, the Beijing 2022 has been clouded by the diplomatic boycotts by some countries. In spite of all this, the Beijing 2022 will soon kick off just in a few days. In this episode, as one of our 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic collection, we are very happy to have Miss Anita. De France, she is member of the International Olympic Committee and previously served two terms as the vice president of the IOC. Our research fellow, Dr. Chen Jing, interviewed Miss De France earlier today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Global Perspective. A podcast presented by Global Governance Institution. I'm Jing. I'm a research fellow at Global Governance Institution. In this episode, we are very honored to have Miss Anita De France with us today to talk about the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. And we are glad that we are doing this interview right before the、uh, Beijing 2022. <laughs> so exciting! So exciting for the athletes and the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And、um, first, I would like to introduce to our audience、uh, about Miss Anita De France. And Miss De France is a member of International Olympic Committee and previously served two terms as a vice president of the IOC. She was elected to IOC membership in 1986, making her not only the very first African American but also the first. American woman to serve on the committee. Thank you very much.、Uh, well, Beijing 2022 is coming up just next week. Miss De France, I believe, is indeed the very person that we are like to, you know, hear from about her experience, her thoughts, and expectations about this、uh, very exciting big event. Miss De France, thank you very much, and we shall start with the questions. Very good. Okay, so、uh, first of all, with coronavirus, especially the、uh, Omicron variant at the moment still surging around the world, the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games will still go ahead as scheduled. What do you think is the most important thing or value that brings all the athletes and coaches across the world together to Beijing in this particular situation? I call the Olympic Games a celebration of human excellence, and athletes always strive to be the best, to be the most excellent. And especially at the games, they learn about mutual respect and fair play. We all know there are not enough medals to go around, and yet we live in the village. Well, not so much this time, maybe, but sharing、uh, information from one another about our lives and what we expect. After the games, and sometimes we become friends for decades. I have some friends from 1976 still. 
Great. So mutual respect and fair play are the key words, I guess. Thank you so much. And so my next question is actually regarding, you know, the athletes attending uh, the uh, Beijing 2022. So, well, the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games provided some experience and lessons uh, for holding Olympic Games in a pandemic. Still, the coronavirus threat to this Winter Olympics keeps a very high concern for many people. Do you, uh, you know, particularly have some recommendations for the participating athletes, particularly in terms of uh, safety and health issues? Well, certainly uh, keep up with the playbooks, which lay out all they need to know about what they need to do to compete at the games and so forth. And also, please listen to your chef de missions. They have the most up-to-date information and they'll be able to lead you in the way you need to, 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 to go to make sure you have a chance to compete at the games. But this is always the case where you need to follow your chef de mission. And since uh, the Tokyo 2020 games, the playbooks really lay out all the re responsibilities and requirements that you have while being at the game. So I don't know if you can memorize it, but pay close attention to that. Yeah, and also with the closed uh, loop policy, and I guess, you know, I'm sure uh, Beijing will make sure, you know, everything will work out all right for the athletes uh, in the village as well, I guess. Well, I've already heard from those who are there that the venues are just excellent. Of course, we don't get to do it the way we did it back in my day because of the pandemic, but I'm sure mm. that people will have this opportunity to, to understand that they're a part of the world and they're making the world a better place by being there and yeah, great. showing themselves before history. Yeah, yeah. And also I read some of the, uh, you know, uh, the social media posts about how they are actually enjoying uh, the stay in, uh, in the village. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's great for the athletes. Uh, as you know, in addition to pandemic, politics and uh, ideology differences also shadowed the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. So criticism over human rights issues have dominated the build-up to Beijing 2022. For instance, um, the International Trade Union Confederation has claimed in the report that China should be uh, awarded a gold medal for repression, criticizing Beijing 2022 and the International Olympic Committee for failing to address human rights issues in the country. So some countries are even set to implement a diplomatic boycott of the games because of the alleged human rights abuses. Uh, from your perspective, from your experience, how do you comment on the political interference in the Olympic games? Well, I used to say politics is a spectator sport, um, but we are not politicians within the IOC. We have mm -hmm. no remit to deal with governments, save for having a contract with the host city to make sure that they organize the game so that the athletes will have the best and fairest chance to compete and to fulfill their goals. That's what the Olympic Games are about. I'm so sorry that everyone thinks that the Olympic Games can magically make the world perfect. Although I will tell you that the Olympic Village is the way the world we want to be with everyone living there and uh, respecting one another. And again, realizing there are not enough medals to go around, so many of the athletes will not go home with a medal. But there is that respect and that dignity that comes when you respect one another. 
yeah, the dignity when you respect one another. And also, I guess, you know, it is very interesting that you describe uh, politics as kind of, you know, sort of a spectator sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, thank, thank you very much. And finally, uh, actually, um, I, I think, you know, for all the athletes from all over the world, they all share the Olympic spirit. Uh, so regardless of language, religion, and uh, diverse cultural uh, differences. So would you please share with us your understanding on the Olympic spirit, please? Well, the Olympic spirit is deeply within all of these athletes. Uh, who knows how long they've looked forward to this opportunity to compete. It certainly has directed their lives in many, many ways that we can't know unless we talk to each one. And uh, this is a chance to show what they can do in front of the whole world. It's a little bit frightening to say it that way, but on the other hand, uh, they're making history before our eyes. And that's, I think, why uh, the world loves the Olympic games. They see the successes and the not so successful athletes all competing. And again, a world at peace. I mean, where else can we have the nations of the world come together on a a peaceful playing field and uh, have a great experience uh, no matter what happens to the individual athletes' goals. Yeah, so this is really a very uh, fascinating um, place where athletes, um, people from all over the world uh, come together and really have bear in mind one goal. Uh, So it is really mutual respect and uh, fair play and fair competition, I guess. Well, this is really exciting event to look forward to. And uh, also because um, I I think when I read into your um, um, background, I I realized that, you know, um, on many occasions you talked about uh, the equal rights of, uh, you know, for women. So uh, what would you like to say in particular to women around the world, um, to women athletes, as well as to those who are uh, striving hard to pursue their dreams? Yes, well, I'll uh, remind the entire world, men and women, that we are all equally human. So why mm-hmm. shouldn't we have equal opportunity? It's as simple as that. We are one race, the human race. We are all the same. Each of us is unique, even identical twins are not identical, but we're one race. And uh, we're all equally human and we should all have equal opportunity to express ourselves, to to go after goals and to have a chance to meet those goals on a peaceful, friendly playing field. Yeah, yeah. Great, thank you so much. And uh, you know, finally, I would like to hear uh, from you about, uh, you know, the, the the mascot. And so basically, I, I think through so many Olympic games, and um, we've got so many lovely mascots. And how do you think of the uh, mascot for Beijing 2022? Um, for example, you know, the Bing Dun Dun, the the panda, the animated panda. Do you think it could help? convey the message of Beijing 2022 to the world? Well, the, the, the mascots are primarily for children to fall in love with and appreciate mm-hmm. what they represent. And I think you've got some winners there in Beijing with the pandas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, this is actually a kind of way to nourish uh, the love in, spirit, uh, in sports and try to get children uh, interested in sports as well. Great. Exactly. 
And uh, the children are our future. And them being able to see this peaceful competition will make a huge difference in their world and our world in the future. So hopefully, you know, by planting a seed in your hearts, the children will come to participate in this the world of sports of mutual respect and fair play, I guess. That would be a wonderful thing to happen, and we need it so much in this world. You see, uh, in like the day after tomorrow would be the Chinese New Year's Eve. What would you like to say in particular to uh, the Chinese audience uh, across the world? Enjoy your new year and make this year the best year ever. I know you have a very long calendar and uh, ours is very short in comparison, but mm -hmm. just believe that the world can be like an Olympic village. Great. Thank you so much. And I would like to uh, send best wishes to Beijing 2022 and also all the best to you as well for the new year. Yes. Thank I'll you so see much. In Beijing. I'll see you in Beijing. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you in Beijing sometime. Thank you very much for your time with us uh, for the interview. And thank you for your wishes to Beijing 2022 as well. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Following the interview with Madame Anita de France, we also included in this episode a presentation delivered by Mr. Andy Tian on a virtual event honoring the publication of the book Overcoming the Pandemic in Latin America. This online event is co-hosted by the National Scientific and Technical Research Council, Argentina, and the Global Governance Institution. Thank you. Uh, hello, Mr. Chair, Ooh, dear editor George uh, Gubinov. Uh, hello, all experts and online audiences. On behalf of the uh, uh, Global Governance Institution, uh, thank you for having me with this wonderful event. And uh, congratulations on the publication of the book, Overcoming the Pandemic in Latin America. Let me express my appreciation of the publication of the book by sharing a few points. Uh, first, the COVID-19 pandemic is a global threat and could only be overcome by international cooperation. Unfortunately, uh, due to the big power competition, the most needed collaboration and the leadership from the big powers has been missing from the very beginning of the pandemic. The global fighting of the pandemic has been shadowed by the politicization of the origin tracing. Although China has played an active and important role in helping other countries to overcome the pandemic, the international opinion is not so positive simply because the speaker of the international media is within the hands of the Western countries. Uh, blaming China has been very convenient for Western countries to find scapegoat for mishandling of domestic governance, and as well for diverting attentions on domestic failures. Uh, in this sense, we thank the authors very much for identifying the positive roles China has played in this new book. Uh, as a matter of fact, this book sets up a precedent, precedent that for the first time 
Latin America and the Caribbean scholars speaks up with regard to their own understanding of China's role in this global fight against pandemic. You know, in most cases, as the West occupies the speakers and all voices about China's role is many times on many occasions negative in Western media. Even if there are true voices on China, the Western media would not report them. Uh, yes, there is a big power competition between China and the United States, but this rivalry competition is imposed upon China. China wants to develop good relationship with any love, peace-loving countries. Like people in Latin America and Caribbean seas, the Chinese people just want to live a better life and to enjoy the peace and prosperity. prosperity. Uh, China never seeks to be a hegemonic power, exporting institutions or projecting influences. China has always upheld international humanitarianism in its uh, foreign policy and international practices. In this respect, we thank the authors in this book for identifying and acknowledging the role China plays in promoting peace and prosperity in this region. And uh, we do welcome more friends from Latin America to visit China and to see and to feel by yourself to enjoy the hospitality of the Chinese people. And second, wooden barrel theory is naturally applied in the global fighting against pandemic. As long as there are COVID-19 cases in any one of the continents, it is a concern for all continents. In this sense, helping brothers and sisters in Latin America is equivalent to helping our own brothers and sisters here in China to overcome this pandemic, China will always be there anytime when Latin America needs our help. This promise will stand the test of time. And finally, as an independent international think tank devoted to global governance, the global governance institution will continue promoting cultural and people-to-people -people exchanges with the academics in Latin America through the leadership of our Director of Center for Latin American Studies, Professor Sun Xintang. Uh, also, as my own background is legal, I also look forward to have exchanges with international lawyers in Argentina, in Latin America, uh, in the future. Uh, thanks for your attention. Uh, be well and be safe. Thank you, all the audiences. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy our program. Please do follow and subscribe this channel, The Global Governance Perspective. You could also follow us on our Twitter and Facebook to write your comments. Look forward to your joining us next time.